Hi, Shannon Waller here, and welcome to Inside Strategic Coach with Dan Sullivan. Dan, you made a comment the other day that I'd like to pick up on, and you said that I'm kind of a gap hunter, which I thought was a fabulous term. I've heard of lots of different kinds of hunters, gap not being one of them, and you really are. You are incredibly tuned and sensitive to anything that might put someone and their thinking into the gap. So let's jump in with, first of all, let's define what the gap is and talk about your mindset because you have a really interesting take. And as I said, you're very sensitive to when people put themselves down. Yeah. Well, first of all, the gap is accompanied by another concept called the gain. And it's how people measure themselves. So what we're talking about is that we're creatures who are always creating something in the future for ourselves to aim towards, to improve towards. And there's a question of what it is that you're using for your measurement when you actually try to achieve a goal, because we all try to achieve goals. And goals are something that is bigger and it's better. And we want to improve to that. And it could be in any area of our life. It's 360 degrees. It's personal. It's business. So we're here and we start and then we go towards the goal. And then at a certain point, we achieve the goal. And then the question is, what do you measure your achievement against? And there's two different ways of doing it. One is that you have a notion of yourself as an ideal. Mm -hmm. So you have a picture of yourself, the ideal you. And that motivates a lot of people. They want to be their ideal self and you know, they collect images in their mind about what that would look like. And then there's other people who measure backwards. So some people measure forwards. And the only thing when you achieve a goal that you can measure against forwards is the ideal you started with. The problem with it is that you're no closer to the ideal than when you started. And it seems to me, even though you made a lot of progress, it doesn't seem to you that you've made any progress and you're disappointed and you're self-critical mm. and you don't really get very, very much value from the achievement, okay? I'll come back to that because it's really the gap part of it that I wanna talk about. Other people achieve the goal and then they turn around and look backwards and say, well, where do I start? And even if they didn't achieve as much of the goal, as they did, they sense, yeah, but I'm a lot further ahead than where I was. And they get a lot of value. They get satisfaction. Their energy goes up. They sense a new capability. They sense new confidence. So that's a good way to do it. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you'll be happy throughout life if when you achieve a new goal, you measure backwards from where you started. It's a switch in your brain. Mm -hmm. So when you say I'm a gap hunter, what I'm looking for is any way that people talk about themselves and they talk about their general lack of happiness or dissatisfaction with what's going on in their life. And immediately I know in some part of their thinking, they're actually comparing themselves to an ideal, which is not achievable. So I notice that there's certain types of language, the way people talk about themselves, the way they talk about other people, the way they talk about, you know, what they're involved in, what kind of activities they're doing, where there doesn't seem to be any happiness in it. And I said, ah, they're measuring improperly. Mm -hmm. All their unhappiness is coming because they're not measuring properly. And I 
am super sensitive to it. You know, I used to have it myself. So first of all, I'm a recovered gapper. <laughs> yeah, I'm a recovered gapper. But I also was pretty good about, in certain situations, measuring backwards. So I got satisfaction out of my achievements. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's interesting, Dan, as you talk about as you move towards an ideal. So I'll think about, it's so true. Like you get close, you even achieve a goal towards it, but then you're like, yes, but. And I think that's one of the language cues that tells you that like, oh yeah, I, I lost X pounds, but I'm still flabby. And then they'll use the word should, would, or could. And should, would, or could. The moment you hear these three words, and it's odd because they come from totally different language sources. If you look up should, would, and could, they come, but they rhyme with each other, you know. But I noticed that the use of these three words, I have cleared my thinking of those three words, and I've cleared my speaking of those three words, because the moment you use should, would, or you're in the gap. I so love that. And kudos to my mother, Marilyn, because should has always been a four-letter word in my house. I could get away with cursing more easily than I could do that. Mm -hmm. And then when I met you, Dan, you said, should is an externally imposed expectation. It does not come from you. Mm -hmm. It's where you've bought into someone else's ideal and you're trying to live up to it. But as far as you're concerned, because it was not self-generated, it's not relevant and it's automatically going to be gap-inducing if you think of it that way. So that's really helpful. I mean, you work with, have worked with, and do work with hundreds, thousands of entrepreneurs, tens of thousands, and you see this a lot. So what's the impact when someone constantly is hanging out in the gap versus the game? What's the impact? Why is this so important? Well, they don't get any happiness out of their capabilities. They don't get any happiness out of their successes. Yeah, there's a chronic dissatisfaction with their life. And they keep looking for the bigger goal in the future that finally is going to give them happiness out of achievement. But they've blueprinted their thinking that that's not possible because when they achieve something that's 10 times bigger than what they've ever done in the past, they're still measuring against the ideal and they haven't gotten any closer to their ideal. And I'd like to explain the ideal here. The ideal is very necessary, okay? And it's just like when we're out traveling in space, you know, like we're going from here to there in the physical world, the horizon is very, very useful. We're driving towards the horizon, but nobody has ever had the experience of arriving at the horizon. And I think it's something we learn early in life, you know, that that horizon to a certain extent is happening in our brain. It's not happening out there because when we get to the thing that we thought was the horizon, it's just like where we were. But if you're judging, I don't see too many people chronically unhappy throughout their lives because they haven't actually reached the horizon. But I do see enormous numbers of people and oftentimes very talented and very, very capable individuals and ambitious individuals who are chronically unhappy because they can't reach the ideal. And the ideal, it's just a mental framework that in the case of the horizon allows us to deal with space because we're spatial creatures. 
And the idea allows us to deal with time. Mm. Okay, so we're creating a future. We're creating a future. And my sense is that a lot of people just never come to grips with this, and they get a lot of reinforcement from the outside. Parents could be teachers, could be television, could be social media, where they're told to aspire to the ideal and that they shouldn't be happy with themselves until they achieve their ideal. Mm -hmm. And so I think that this can become hardwired before you have the really ability to think for yourself and it just becomes their way of operating throughout their life. And I see it all over. I see it in very powerful corporate executives. I see it in sports stars. I see it in political leaders. I see it in entertainers and everything like that. And here they are. They've got these extraordinary, really, skills. They've got extraordinary opportunities and they pull off extraordinary achievements. But because of the way they measure their goal achievement, when they get to the goal and they achieve it, they are still bouncing against an ideal that they haven't gotten any closer to in their entire life. Mm -hmm. Dan, I can just imagine the consequences of that personally, because you're chronically unhappy and then people tend to medicate or self-medicate about that. But I also know it actually can prevent some people from you know, setting goals. They just stop because they always feel defeated, they can't accomplish it. Teamwork is really challenging with someone who's in the gap. Parenting, I mean, tons of people have been raised with parents who had an ideal for how they should show up, mm -hmm. and you felt like you're always falling short. So you either give up on succeeding or you give up on the relationship, one of the two. There are a lot of costs that go along with hanging out in the gap for long mm -hmm. periods of time. One of the experiences of an entrepreneur coming to grips with this mm -hmm. long time ago, maybe 20 years ago, just obvious when you talk to him, super intelligent, very creative and everything else. But I had a sense that there was an unhappiness there. It was the workshop where we explained the gap in the gain. And it's one of those things that's a real hit in the side of the head when people say, your brain is just doing the wrong thing of measurement here. You have to switch to the right way of measuring. You could see almost like an instant transformation when he realized. But he told the story. He learned it in one workshop, and then 90 days later came back from another workshop. And he said, I want to tell you something about the gap and gain concept. And he said, I'm going to tell a story about myself first. So he told a story that in high school, he had gone through four years of high school, and there were 40 grades done on a basis of A, B, C. You know, mm -hmm. At the end, he got 39 A's and one B. Yeah. Okay, so very gifted student. And, mm -hmm. you know, and I think he was a great athlete, too. You could tell he was very athletic. Mm -hmm. And then he told the story, and he's telling us in the workshop of something that had happened 20, 30 years ago, but he had gone home to visit with his father. His mother was dead. He was visiting with his father, and they were just sitting around the table, um, you know, kind of chatting, and father was just sitting there, and the father was going like this. He said, what were you thinking? What were you thinking? And my client's name was David. And David says, what do you mean? What am I thinking? If you had just worked a little harder, you could have had 40 A's. And this is like 25 years after he graduated from high school. Yes. And his father was mulling over the fact that his son got 39 A's, but he could have had 40 A's if he had just worked a little harder. 
And because he had understood the gap and gain concept, you know, Mm -hmm. at his last workshop, and this was happening between workshops, he just sat there and he says, Dad, why are you doing this? And he says, because you could have had 40 A's. And he realized that you didn't get 40 A's, mm-hmm. covered a vast number of subjects about his father thought badly of him, mm-hmm. and that he could never make his father happy. He could never make his father happy. So that suggests that the father was doing the same thing to himself. But then uh, on the way home after this, he just had to pull off to the side of the road and just sit for about a half hour because he had a very talented teenage daughter and he was doing exactly the same thing to his daughter. And she had all sorts of problems. She had to counseling and she was on medication. You know, she had eating disorders and everything like that. So my sense is that it's a very simple process at the heart of it, but either the enjoyments can be endless from the one type of measurement and the dissatisfaction and unhappiness can be endless on the other. It can show up in dozens of different ways of being unhappy and dysfunctional. And it just happens to do because of the way the brain measures progress. And you measure progress forward, always unhappy, measure the progress backwards. So one of the things that I do, Shannon, and we'll talk about that, so ask me now, how do you deal with that? Well, Dan, that's a really powerful story. It gave me goosebumps. And I think we don't realize sometimes when we take that early training or learning and we pass it on to our loved ones. And you're always coaching me because sometimes I'll be like, oh, why isn't this in place? And you're like, Shannon, progress, not perfection. Mm-hmm. Darn, you're right. So thank you for being my gap hunter coach on that. So how do you take action on that? What is it that people can do right now, tonight, tomorrow? How do you handle staying out of the gap and into the game? Because it does take a practice to be able Mm -hmm. to flip that switch in your mind. Well, and I do this with everything. When I introduce a new thinking process, what we call intellectual shortcuts. Mm -hmm. So the gap in the gain is an intellectual shortcut in the sense that when I hear something, I'll say, he's in the gap. You're in the gap right now, and I can explain it to them. You don't need 100 hours of counseling to get the point here. You know, you don't have to go to a psychiatrist. Invariably, the psychiatrists and psychologists that I've met and talked to are in the gap, and they've created all sorts of explanations, this syndrome and this syndrome and this syndrome, but they're missing the fundamental point that it's about how you measure achievement and progress. It's a misreading. It's a Mm -hmm. mis measurement, if I can coin a new word there. Mm-hmm. So the thing that I do, if I'm introducing a new concept and skill, I'll say, I want you to go back and identify three experiences in your life where the thing we're shooting for here, you've already done it. You've already been successful in these three experiences. And if you've been with me for a long time, you've had dozens and hundreds of your past experiences identified. You've taken a look at it and you've seeing that in those experiences, you move from here to here, and basically you are today because of the progress you made in the past. And it takes up individuals' appreciation of their past experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, they can get the concept real fast. Intellectually, they can get it, but it may not be in your wiring. You'll do it, you know, automatically because you've always measured wrongly. Mm -hmm. But the more I reinforce their past, 
it sends a couple of messages. Once I've always been making progress and I'm only capable of doing what I'm doing now at this much higher level of achievement because I had these past experiences. But the other thing is it tells him what's going to happen in the future, that they're also going to have progress in the future. And they've got a chance today to set a goal where they can get the same kind of achievement that they did in the past. On the one hand, you have to give them a framework and intellectual shortcuts. I said, other than gap and gain, there's nothing else to think about here. Okay, there's nothing else to think about. There's no other explanation. Okay, you're unhappy because you measure forwards against the ideal. You're happy because you measure backwards to where you started and you see the progress. But then they have to have the constant experience of having successful experiences. And instead of waiting for them to have one successful experience, another success, I just go back and I start saying dozens and dozens and hundreds and hundreds of experiences where you've already been successful. So they get the proof that they can be happy with their experience and their achievement by starting with the past. And then gradually they start doing the same thing to their future progress. Mm, I love that, Dan. And I also think about, you know, we start our workshops often with the positive focus, which is just reflecting over a time period, not necessarily a specific intellectual shortcut, but just over a period of time. Last 24 hours, you know, on the weekly planning call I just did on Monday, I did the last week, you know, what have been your wins personally and professionally? Our win streak app helps you track it every day. You are rewiring your brain because I think <laughs> we live in very much a perfectionistic type of ideal oh, yeah. society and changing it. And it makes you, by the way, a much more positive, optimistic person to be around when you're always the one who measures progress. And that's a really cool byproduct. Well, I want to finish this off that if you're mm -hmm. unhappy with yourself, Right. And you measure your own achievements against the ideal. You also do that to other people's achievements. Mm -hmm. So you'll never praise them in such a way that they can feel happy with the progress they made. You can't do the bad thing to yourself and do the good thing to somebody else. You know, you'll be unhappy with other people and other people will feel kind of oppressed because you're never impressed. That's a good line. I love that. Dan, I have so many takeaways from today's conversation and particularly around, well, the fact that you are a gap hunter and you're incredibly tuned to when any kind of language induces the gap. So it's an improper measuring of progress and should, would, and could, you know, just really the thing of tracking your progress on a regular basis, project, time, day, yeah. month. Yeah, daily is good. Yeah. So I like that we've left people with so many strategic and practical things for how to take action. And so they can be their own gap hunter, not just you. Yeah, yeah. Love that. Thanks so much, Dan. Good. Thank you. Thank you.